today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. You ready for the Word of God? Why don't you repeat after me as we pray. Father in heaven, I give you permission to speak revelation to me today. May Josh's words fall to the floor and the revelation of heaven pierce my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church. Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, it talks about the mystery of God. And then it goes on to say that this mystery has been revealed to us and it's Christ in us, the hope of his glory. The mystery of God is that Christ resides in you and I. This is the mystery of God. and I want to talk to you a little bit today about the fact that God is in you and I. See, part of our mission is to trust and in his salvation and obey his authority. And we get to walk in the power and the authority of God when we understand the mystery of God, which is Christ living in us. But first, we have to go back to the beginning. We have to understand where it all started. See, we were created in God's image and likeness. And then we were given God's authority. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And then we were given a job, manage my property, manage the earth. He says, have dominion on the earth. He says, I want you to look after the earth on behalf of the kingdom of heaven. But then... Things went down and we fell. We fell from our position. We lost our authority. We lost our job. But most of all, we lost our direct connection to to God, which is the source of our identity. Then then about 4,000 years later after this, God sent his son to earth to reestablish that connection, to restore us back to our position in God's kingdom. So I want to talk a little bit about Jesus Christ today. Some of the first, first, first words that Jesus said to us was he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God has arrived. Now, that's a, it's a, that's a statement of authority. And this man has just appeared as a 30-year-old on the planet Earth, and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God has arrived. So before Jesus could make that statement with any authority, he had to actually walk through his own journey of establishing whose authority he was a part of while he was on the earth. See, Jesus came to earth as a man. And because he came to earth as a man, he needed to establish that as a man, he was under the authority of heaven, not under the authority of men. So we see this in the wilderness experience. So I want you to turn to the book of Luke, and and starting at chapter 4, verse 1. We'll read from there. Discern the splinter. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone 
to become bread. See, what was being challenged for Jesus when he went into the wilderness was whose authority he was under and what was the purpose of that authority. So the enemy knows that, that um, Jesus has got the authority of God. So what he tries to do is he tries to get Jesus to shift his authority inward and say, well, you've got all this power. Why don't you use it for yourself? It's interesting sometimes when we look at the gifts and the talents and the, 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 the power that God has given us individually and we know that the enemy is always going to try us to use those gifts inwardly. We call them my gift and we say it, it's, you know, it, it's for me and God's, and God's saying, no, your gift is to bless humanity. And Jesus says, this is what he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the devil, taking him up on the high mountain, showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. See, the, the enemy is constantly challenging Jesus' authority. He's saying, where is your authority going to come from? I've got all this glory that is in nations to give you. You notice how the only glory that the enemy can give us is on earth. He can't give us an eternal glory. He can lift us up. He can put us in charge over things, but he cannot give us an eternal glory. And only God can give you. So Jesus says to him, he says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written that you shall worship the Lord God and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. The enemy is challenging the purpose of, of the power of, of, of God in Jesus. He's saying, Why don't we just do something? Why don't we just test it out on ourselves? Let's have a bit of fun with the power of God. Let's, think of, let's look at it from, you know, what if I just do this thing just to see if God will pick me up? And Jesus says to him, it is said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And it's at this point that the devil ended the temptation and departed from him until an opportune time. And then here's the verse, verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. See, the tempting of the, enemies and of the enemy and the challenge of life is always an opportunity for each of us to establish whose authority we are under and what we're going to do with that authority. Here's the thing. We walk in the power and the authority of the government that we serve. The government that you serve, you walk in its authority. If you serve the kingdom of heaven, you walk in heaven's authority. If you serve the things of earth, you walk in your own authority. But before we can speak with God's authority, we need to establish that it is ours, that it belongs to us, and that, that, that no lie of the enemy, that no accusation or no opportunity that the, that the enemy or temptation provides, we will use for ourselves. So Jesus said this, he said we, that verse, Matthew 4.17, Repent. For the kingdom of God has arrived, or the King James says, for the kingdom of God has come. So when we look at that word repent, you know, we look at it from the perspective he's saying, reconsider. 
He's saying, change your mentality. He wants us to change our mentality because he, the, once the kingdom of God arrives, we need to live from a different perspective. We need to live, we need to go back to the beginning. We need to understand the original mandate that God has given us and understand that when we fell, Christ lifted us back. But where did he lift us? He lifted us from where we fell. He lifted us to back to that place of promise that he gave us in Genesis chapter 1. So when we go back to the beginning, we call the disobedience of Adam and Eve the fall. We call it the fall because we fell from authority and we fell from relationship. And when Jesus came, he picked us up and he put us back in that place. He didn't put us somewhere. We didn't fall from heaven. We didn't fall from, from some of the other things that we're, that we're seeking. We fell from a position of authority and a position of relationship with him. And that's where he wants to put us back. That's where Christ came to put us back. See, restoration is about taking something back to its original place. I was a, used to, to um, be a panel beater back, back in the day, about 20 years ago. And uh, we used to restore cars. And to, it was quite a difficult thing to restore a car because to take it back to original, we, could, we had to restore the parts. We couldn't replace them. We needed to restore them. And God wants you to understand that he has got for you original mandate, an original job for you to do, which is to be his representative on the planet as part of his kingdom. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we pray. So what we're praying is may your authority and may your desires be evident through me on earth. That's what we're praying to our heavenly father. So when Jesus said repent he was, or re- reconsider, he was reminding us of what God originally purposed for us to do, where he originally placed us, the authority that he gave us to look after his creation. And he uses the word dominion because he wants us to understand that the job we have to do is related to a kingdom. It's related to the kingdom of heaven. See, to have dominion means that you're representing a king in his domain. Kings have dominion over whatever they own. And he wants us to have authority on earth as part of his rulership. So he's given back you your position. The kingdom is like um, the kingdom is a, jurisdic- a jurisdiction over what God has full authority. So, so everywhere the kingdom of God is, God has full jurisdiction. Now this is a challenging thing, and, it's, and it sound, might sound a bit deep, but it's really important that we get our head around this. So the question for us today is how do we live on earth and be part of God's kingdom at the same time? How do we do those things? Because it seems like a contradiction sometimes, doesn't it? But God wants us to be kingdom-minded while we live on earth. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. It says this in 15, it says, He died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And then down further it says, And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And then in verse 20, he says, now then, here's the verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. 
We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. I want to talk a little bit about ambassadors for a while. When a country appoints an ambassador and sends that ambassador to another country, the first thing they do is acquire some property in that country. Now, the property that they acquire actually becomes the homeland. Say the nation of Ecuador, for example, sends their ambassador to England. Now, and they, and when they, and they, when they purchase or when they acquire land in England, that land becomes a little slice of the nation of Ecuador. And they plant an ambassador there, and that that place is called the Embassy of Ecuador in London. The reason I use Ecuador is because it's an interesting example right now because of the great WikiLeaks man himself, Mr. Julian Assange. This is what he did. He walked into the Ecuador embassy and says, will you give me asylum? And when he walked in there, the Ecuadorian ambassador said, yes, I will give you asylum. So when he's, he's in there, he is actually under the protection and the rule and the authority of the Ecuador government, even though he's right in the middle of England. So it's illegal, even though they're in England, for British police or for, for, for whoever it is, for Interpol, whoever it is, to come into that place and to take Julian Assange out. What they need to do is they need to apply to the government of Ecuador that they would release Julian Assange from their premises so that, they can be, so that he can be arrested. See, all rights and powers of the Ecuadorian government come into effect on that property. And none of the rights and the powers of the, of the surrounding nation have any influence over that space. This is what it means for us too. I've got a little, uh, little, little uh, acreage out in Dunan there, and um, this is what I know, is that the kingdom of God owns property in Dunan. Because it owns my house. Why? Because I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. It says we are citizens of heaven, the Bible says. We're citizens of heaven and we are here as ambassadors. So I know that everything that I own is really property of the kingdom of heaven. See, when we pray, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth, we're, without realising it, gifting all of our possessions to heaven for his establishment on earth. What we own comes, becomes God's embassy on earth. What we own, our property, our possessions, our body, actually becomes a representative of heaven on earth. And when people come to us, when people come into our church, when people come into our homes, when people get into our car, they're stepping onto kingdom property. See, we need to understand this revelation that we are ambassadors. Jesus said the kingdom of God has arrived. He was carrying it. And, when he, and then it says later on, he says, and when I release the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God will be in you. 
See, the kingdom of God is in you. And wherever you live, wherever you rent, whatever you possess, whatever you drive, whatever you do, you carry the kingdom of God with you. And when people step into your world, they're no longer speaking to you, they're speaking to the nation. See, when I go and speak to the Ecuadorian ambassador, I'm not speaking to him, I'm speaking to the nation of Ecuador. When someone comes and speaks to you, they're no longer speaking to you. They're no longer saying, hello, Bob. They're saying, oh, they're speaking to the kingdom of heaven. They're speaking to a representative of the kingdom of heaven. See, every day we face two different governments. You walk out of the door of your house and then you walk back into the door of your house. You know, we've got, we've got the places that are, that are, that are um, like Paul said this, this morning, you know, this is a safe place. You know why? Because it is a place of asylum. We come together, we go out and we do business with the world and we come back to a place of asylum where it's a safe place for us to grow and to be encouraged and to be fed and to be fulfilled and so we can go out in Jesus' name. When Jesus ascended and left us with his Holy Spirit, he was leaving us with his authority that was actually to dwell within us. Philippians 2 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We need to reconsider whose authority we are under every day. We need to remind ourselves that as the challenges of life come, as people step into our lives, whose authority are we under? See, if we think correctly, we live correctly. So this is what we've got to realise. When you bought your car, it became government property. It became property of the kingdom of heaven. It's not some crazy ownership thing. It's actually a privilege. It's a privilege thing. See, now people, when people come and step into your space, the, the, the enemy cannot step into your space unless you give him permission to step in your space. And we say this, you know, when we set, like we've said before, when we send uh, Ben and Melinda and the team out onto street reach, street reach, we declare that that space is part of the kingdom. It's like an embassy. It's a place of asylum where people step into it. We declare that it is a sober place. So if you're not sober, you step into our place. You step into, you know, if we invite you into our place, we invite you to be sober with us. And that's when we see the power of God work. We see people who are under the influence of alcohol step into a sober place and they become sober and they have lucid conversations with them. See, because you're an ambassador and people are speaking to the king through you, you get to decide who you invite into that space and who you don't. You get to decide what information comes in and what information doesn't. It took me a while to realise that my house belongs to God. You know, I used to walk around the house when people came over, putting coasters under their cups, wiping the table, you know, sweeping up behind people's feet and, um, you know, making sure there wasn't a palm frong on the ground. And if one fell while someone's there, I had to race out, grab it and put it, get rid of it, mulch it, spread it over the garden and come back. And then I realised who I was serving. I was serving the property. I wasn't serving God. 
See, he wants us to get an understanding of authority. He wants us to get an understanding of the things that we possess are great tools that we can use to bless people, but they're never for us to serve them. This is why he doesn't want us to be in debt. He doesn't like debt. So he's, he, he knows that because whatever, you know, you are indebted to whatever you serve. I tell you, I want to be indebted to the kingdom of heaven. I want to be indebted to God because you know, he's the most generous of all. A great example of this is, um, is the, Isra- the nation of Israel while they're living in Egypt. I'll try and, I'll try and race race through this. So that the nation of Israel living in Egypt and God's, and he's trying to release them through his servant Moses. And uh, he's doing all these different plagues and eventually he gets to, this, he gets to the one where, where the, the, um, the angel of death is going to come over and take the firstborn out of all of Egypt. And uh, Israel is currently living in Egypt and they needed a way that, that, that um, God needed a way that he could recognise the people of God, so that when the angel came over, that he wouldn't kill the firstborn of the, of the children of Israel. So this is what he does. He makes people's homes heaven's property. And this is, how, this is how he does it. He says to them, he says, kill a lamb, dip a branch in the blood, and put the blood across the lintel and the doorpost. And when the death angel comes, he will see it and say, this is heaven's property, and then he will pass over that house. So when you understand that you're a citizen of heaven and that all you own belongs to the kingdom, then you're under the jurisdiction of heaven. You're under the protection of heaven. Such a, the, the blood on the, on the doorpost or the lintel was, a, was, a, was an, a, an amazing picture of what an embassy is. See, your home is an embassy, your car is an embassy, and you are an ambassador. And this is the one thing that ambassadors do. When the ambassador is in their other country, they only ever speak what their government tells them to speak. An ambassador has no opinion. He just says what his government tells him to say. And as soon as the ambassador gives his own opinion, he has stepped out of his authority and he's standing on his own. And when you're on your own, let me tell you, you're a vulnerable You're vulnerable in this world when you're living on your own opinion, not on the truth of the gospel of God. This is is why we need to understand that we are sent, that we are placed, that we need to to give give God the authority. What did Jesus do when he went into the wilderness? He established whose whose authority he was under. And when he walked out of the wilderness, he walked out of the wilderness with power. See, we're only as powerful to the measure that we are walking under the authority of heaven. And we only know the authority of heaven in the way that we respond when the temptations of earth get put in front of us. I don't know about you, but after 40 days of fasting, I reckon that Jesus was pretty hungry. And he had the ability to turn that, piece, that stone into a, into a loaf of bread. He had the ability to do that, but it was a key moment for him to establish whose authority he was under and what the purpose of that authority was. The purpose of the authority of God is not for us. The purpose of the the ambassador in another country is not for that person. The purpose of that, that ambassador is to be the voice of the homeland in that country and to be a place of asylum for those people, the other people in that country who are living there as well. This is who we are as a church. This is an asylum seeker center. 
people who want to join and become citizens of heaven come and seek asylum in this place, a safe place that they can learn and grow and love and connect and be equipped so that they can live in this nation that they've called to be ambassadors in. This is who you are. The key is we walk in the power and the authority of the government that we represent. The challenge for you today is who are you representing? What are you representing in life? Whose language are you speaking? As soon as I give an opinion different to God's word, I'm under a different authority. I'm actually under the authority of the author of that opinion. And if it's my opinion, I got nothing. I carry no authority other than what Christ has given me. So I want to make sure that what I speak is directly in line with what he has already said. I want to make sure that when I speak, I'm speaking the words of Jesus, the words of God, being led and, and delivering them as I'm led by the Spirit. So when we compromise on what the Word of God says, we lose not only our authority, but we also lose our credibility. He's given us, he's given us his word, he's given us his, and he's given us his son, he's given us his spirit, and he's given us his word. So that as we embrace these things, that we gain a credibility when we're attached to him. The church loses its credibility when it distances itself from the truth of the word of God. When the enemy comes to my world, he doesn't confront me. He confronts my country. See, when the enemy comes into your world, he doesn't confront you anymore. If you're aligned with the word of God, if you're aligned with, with, the, with, the, um, with the kingdom of heaven, he's not confronting you anymore. He's confronting your father. The kingdom of heaven. So you're not just a sinner saved by grace. You're a representative of a nation. You're a representative of God on earth. See, we can be bold. We can be bold when we understand the constitution that we've been given. And the constitution is the word of God. It's talking legal language here because God wants you to get your head around um, the, the, the similarities between earth and heaven. We've been given the principles and the ways and the understanding of God in his word. And he wants us to understand them so that we can boldly come. So that when we deliver the word, we know that it is completely aligned with the gospel. And we know that when we prophesy, we know that when we speak life or when we encourage, you know, we're, we're actually speaking something that is in alignment with the word of God. We're not giving opinion, we're just saying what our government says. Just quickly, the, the pilot speaking to Jesus in John 19, verse 11. And Jesus is, is um, he's right there. He's in, he's in the court of Pilate, and uh, he's, he's on the verge of being crucified. And Pilate says to Jesus, I have got power to give you life or to give you death. And this is what Jesus says to him. This is the first words Jesus spoke in that whole time. He said, you could have no power at all against me unless it has been given to you from above. Earlier on, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And even now, I could give a signal and 10 
legions of angels will come and wipe this place out. Jesus wasn't afraid of the fact that Pilate thought he had some sort of authority. And this is what he's saying to you today. He's saying, just as the Father sent me, so do I send you. So when you wake up tomorrow and life or somebody threatens you, you just simply say this, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. I have authority that comes from a different place. And your ability to take my life, your ability to take my life in the natural, it's irrelevant. Because my sense of wholeness, my sense of hope, my sense of peace, my sense of vision and direction and my identity comes from another kingdom. Something that you have no influence over whatsoever. Psalms 91 says the angels have been given charge concerning you to keep you in all of your ways. God is, he is on your side. You don't need a man to give you something. You don't need a person to to give you a sense of worth. God gives you your sense of worth. And he has sent his angels to lift you up. The key for you and I is to keep, is to every day we wake up and it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We need to wake up every day and say, Lord, you are my authority. Lord, I serve your kingdom. I'm a representative of of heaven on earth. I'm a citizen of heaven and nothing that anyone can say, nothing that anyone can do can take that away from me. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God has arrived. Jesus' number one goal wasn't to heal the sick, wasn't to raise the dead, wasn't to cast out demons or to feed the 5,000. He did those things, but they weren't his goal. His ultimate assignment was to get the Holy Spirit back in you and back in me. Prophet Joel said, It will come to pass in the last days that the Lord will pour out his Spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, up until Jesus came to earth, the Spirit of God, between the fall and Jesus coming to earth, the Spirit of God would come on a person and they would deliver the word. The Spirit of God would come down on on a people and they would win a battle. The Spirit of God would come, do some business on earth, and then would leave. See, God's Holy Spirit needs a holy temple to reside. And because it's since the fall of man, this temple, our body wasn't holy anymore, so the Spirit couldn't reside in us. The Spirit would come and do a work through us and come upon us, but it could not reside in us. And it took Jesus to give us the ultimate sacrifice and be raised from the dead so that when God looked at us, he would look at us through the sacrifice of Christ and he would see us as a holy nation again. Therefore, his Spirit can reside in us and we can get on with the work every day. See, back in the Old Testament, a man would give a prophetic word. A man would have a dream. A man would have a vision. And in a moment, and then, and then God would leave. Now he's poured out his spirit on all flesh. And not just the, not just the leaders of the nations will have prophetic words and see visions. He says, your, your, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. He's saying, he's saying it's across the board. It's not looking for someone to to give you a prophetic word or looking for someone to to give you a dream or a vision. It's God has poured his spirit out upon you and he wants you to be an ambassador. He wants you to deliver the word of God. 
See, when you walk up to someone, this is the thing that we understand as ambassadors. It's no longer about me. If I have a word for Bob, it's not about Josh giving a word for Bob. It's I'm here and the Lord wants to say something to Bob, so I'm guessing he must be going to use me. What I've done, how I feel, what I did yesterday is kind of irrelevant when God wants to just borrow your lips for a moment. It doesn't matter if the ambassador had a bad day yesterday. It doesn't matter if, if he just had an argument with his wife. It doesn't matter if, if, if he's got no money in the bank. It doesn't matter about all these things. He just needs to deliver the word that his government wants to give at that time and in that place. When Jesus went into the wilderness, he established whose authority he was with. And when he walked out, he walked out with power. The challenge for you today is to establish whose authority you want to live under. And then I guarantee you will walk in the power of that authority. Last verse. Why doesn't the worship team jump up? Romans 14, 17 says this. For the kingdom of God... It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit resides in you. The kingdom of God is in you, he says. He wants to speak through you. He wants to, he wants to do business with you. But he needs you to establish him as your ultimate authority. See, we can deal with, we can accept Christ as our saviour and deal with, authority, deal with eternity, but if we want to walk in power and authority on earth, we need to establish whose name we're living in on earth, whose name we're acting upon when we do business on earth. Everyone on the planet wants to have their human rights. Everyone wants to have peace. Everyone wants to have happiness, righteousness, peace and joy. Everyone wants... Everyone wants to be able to walk in the, what we call the human rights. Everyone wants to walk in peace. Everyone wants to be happy. The difference is it's simply a method of attainment. See, in this world, you can have peace in a moment. But without Christ, you can't have it for eternity. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Jesus came to re-establish our connection to God. He came to show you that under his authority you can do all things. He came to show you that, that Christ in you, the spirit of Jesus in you, is actually the hope of the world. Father, we just lift up your name. And we thank you, Father, that, that we are the children of the almighty God. We thank you, Father, that you have called us to be ambassadors. You've called us to deliver the words of heaven. Father, not words pointing the finger, not words of accusation, but words of encouragement, words of life, words of hope, Father. And Lord, and we accept today the responsibility, if that's you right now, if you want to accept that responsibility afresh as an ambassador of God, why don't you just agree with me right now? Father, we just, we just accept that responsibility 
as ambassadors on earth, Father. We want to deliver the hope of Jesus Christ to the nations, Father. We want to deliver your goodness, Father, to the nations, Father. We want to reconsider our ways and we want to go back to what you've called us to do. We want to go back and take that authority, Father. So we declare to the temptation of the enemy, we declare to the circumstances that are around us that we serve the Almighty God and we operate under His Word alone. We live and breathe on the Word that comes from the lips of God. We Father, we just thank you, Father, that you have given us all, Father. You have given us all that we need to do life. So we speak to those circumstances. And we say, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. We shall serve the Lord alone. We shall worship the Lord alone. Let's worship together, church. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.